0: sometimes the institutions aren't really interested in your opinion because maybe you come from a different background or maybe the opinion you're expressing doesn't express the opinions of the people that fund the institutions, you know? So these are things to be cognizant and aware of. Um, But yeah, but as, as long as there's an issue, if there's an institution that will deny you, there's most likely going to be an institution that will accept you, you know?
1: that was Kenyan-born and Brooklyn-based artist Tahiru Kal Karmali. In the excerpt you just heard, we were talking about the importance and role of art in addressing social issues. Expanding on that, we also talk about, you know, how it is to come up as a young person aspiring to be something like an artist that, you know, it isn't really a clear pathway and how to navigate that. We also talk about how to balance both the economic, emotional and psychological fulfillment. Um, in life later on Tahir is a member of the Forbes 30 and the 30 list for 2017 and He works across multiple mediums materials and photography Tahir's interests really lie in manipulating materials that perpetuate colonialism and he draws from his own experiences as a well-traveled Kenyan citizen destruction narratives around migratory identity I had a great time recording this episode with Tahir, and I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, so hi Tahir, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Why don't you start off by telling us a bit about what your childhood was like and what you were like as a kid?
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, So let's just start, I guess, start off with my childhood. Um, I grew up in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, my childhood was great. Uh, I had, I mean, a lot of access, I guess, like access to sort of wide open spaces. And I think sort of Nairobi, um, now is very different to what it was when I was growing up. Um, and, uh, I think when I was, a, uh, I I think it's, 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 it's difficult to find one of these cities that has, um, a lot of space, um, yet in this sort of like very central, um, was like central space and like Nairobi as a capital city is like very uh, bustling as it were. Um, so yeah, I'm, I went to an international school and have always had uh, access to uh, just all sorts of things from all around the world, not only people, but also books and information and uh, had teachers from all around the world. And Nairobi being the sort of like cosmopolitan um city just had uh had a lot of exposure um that not many people who grew up within Kenya um could have
1: yeah no that's yeah that's really interesting um and it's obviously you've only moved to the u s was it about four years ago
0: yeah, I moved to the u s to the u s four years ago about yeah four
1: years. yeah mm-hmm. yeah, and so growing up in Nairobi was your family very creative and were you very creative from a young age
0: I think like um my father my father is an engineer and I th- feel like there is some sort of some level of uh, creativity um a lot of creativity that you sort of need my mother is very creative um but she was uh she worked in a hospital just as in general as a personality she was very creative um when I was growing, when I was very young, when I was growing up, when, I think when I was around uh, maybe nine or ten years old, or even younger, I think my father um, would always sort of like make sure that we had something to do during like the long sort of school holidays. And so that was uh, because I went to because uh, it's Kenya it has a different year, so it's not like summer, so it's like more like Christmas time was like our long holidays until. Like February, so, yeah, so it's the same with us here, oh, is it really,
1: yeah, yeah, so I've literally just started our holidays and just finished um the last few exams of school as well,
0: oh, that's great, oh yeah, so it was similar like that until I moved yeah. to um the international School, which was a which was more the American system, which was like the summer, um yeah. which is I guess um mid May to August, so. Anyway, so we so my father used to um send me to um all these activities and make sure that I had um a lot of things going on. And one one summer he sent me to a um sort of like a drawing class and like every single day I would go and sort of draw um at this lady's house. It was just like myself and like a teacher. And so, okay. for, for so sort of the full day, I was just you know just sort of get me out of the house and do something yeah. um, or like go somewhere or whatever outside of you know the weekends so during the weekdays. So he used to send me to this lady's house, who she was like a, a drawer and a painter um, and so uh, I, I'm basically an arts teacher, and mm-hmm. that really kind of stuck with me, so I feel like that's where I really learned um, how to sort of express you know, through drawing and painting and all of those aspects. Um which was nice. And then when I moved to so like high school, um I went to an international school which had a very strong um arts program. Um which was sort of a huge part of the exposure to art for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I'm sure it must have been Um, And soon after high school as well, uh, moving into university, you didn't quite continue going down the art path when you moved into marketing. Um, Was that right?
0: Yeah, that's true. I did marketing and hospitality in Switzerland.
1: Yeah, so where did that come about and why did that come around and how did you sort of shift again from that?
0: Um, I feel like it was a number of factors. I was thinking about this recently um, as well. I feel like there was a number of factors that sort of like played into my decision um as to like whether i wanted to um study art or whether i wanted to study something else and um so just so, some context so like my brother was in the uk um when i was in high school and my brother passed away when i was 17 18, 18 years old and so my last year of high school was this huge part of like me deciding where I would go, but then also dealing with um, grief and a bunch of other things. And one of the reasons I ended up in hospitality was, and um, marketing was because I just think that I was in a space that I wasn't really too interested in studying art in England because all of the universities I had applied to or were interested in uh, to study art was in England. Um. There was another aspect to sort of like thinking about my career and all of this, uh, these things that I just wasn't sort of prepared to deal with um as a teenager that lo- just lost a yeah. sibling, I guess. And so... I think I just kind of decided to go down like a safe route, um, but also to sort of see the world. So there's a, a bunch of other things that I was also very interested in within the hospitality industry because I did feel that I wanted to see the world. And the main thing is I didn't want to go to England. Um, so I ended up finding a school in Switzerland that I was interested in that would allow me to sort of spent six months in Switzerland and six months, uh, somewhere else like working. So I worked in Switzerland for a bit and then I worked in Singapore and then I would, um, and then I worked one, one year I worked back in Kenya, but then I also had this opportunity to like be in Europe and just sort of like travel around Europe, um, because of the, uh, because I think Switzerland, because no, Switzerland had recently joined the Schengen at that time. And then I could just move around really easily.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Tyra, do you feel like going down the path that you did through marketing and hospitality first, do you think that that has had a big impact on your artwork? And do you would you have done anything differently if you could go back?
0: Um, I think about that a lot. I don't know. Yes, I think that it has had a very, um, it, 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 it has had a very sort of profound impact on how I look at making and what I decide, what I decide, what topics that I decide to approach. And, you know, because working in hospitality and um, sort of meeting people around the world, uh, hospitality is this weird kind of cross-section where you are sort of around very rich people and also very poor people at the same time not very poor people but like you know low income families um and so you know the like low income families that work in hotels and like getting to know them there and also knowing extremely rich people and just seeing sort of this disparity and so i i have a natural sort of interest in the economy and economics and like the movement of people in the market are just things that i'm very interested in yeah um and I think that hospitality has sort of taught me a lot of um about the world, which I think that I wouldn't have gotten from uh going to art school um also just like how I deal with people, how I communicate how i um uh, you know there's this aspect of uh, respect and understanding that you learn uh in hospitality. Uh, that has really helped me a lot in terms in, in, in how I communicate to people but yeah I mean like going back I don't we don't I don't have the option to go back so I don't really I mean I do think about it if I would go back and change my mind and I do often think about what my work would be like should should I have gone to like central St. Martin's and um, studied uh, fine art Um there but then I also think that what would have happened would I have been an artist if I had started at Central? if I had studied at a university because I it was looking that you know the kind of choices of universities that did sort of deal with art and fine art were was more along the line of like design and graphic design yeah so I don't know whether I would have become an artist considering that I would have probably ended up working in design um yeah so yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that was a a huge part of um, my sort of exploration um, as a person in this world.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I don't think I would go back and change anything, to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think that um, you've made it pretty clear how your past and your experiences have really shaped, you know, what you're able to do now. And yeah, it's what you're doing now is pretty awesome. And for those who aren't, those listeners who aren't familiar with uh, Tahir's work, I will put some links to some of your work in the show notes. Um, but it also links into what I wanted to go into next, which is the role of art in addressing social issues. And
0: I guess you can mm-hmm. talk a bit about your work in this context as well. Um, funnily enough, I was actually talking to somebody about um, about this. And I think there is something to be said about, you know, coming from Kenya and coming from uh you know coming from africa like a lot of people expect artists to discuss or talk about social issues and um things that affect them so there's this sort of um dissonance uh with regards to how art is made in um i feel like where i where i was exposed to making art to you know how they make work here in in New York, where a lot of the art foundations in Nairobi and a lot of, like, the uh, the gallery spaces are very interested in social critique or, like, uh, discussing social issues. So it's just sort of like a naturally innate thing that happens uh, coming from Kenya because you have to sort of appe- appease these sort of institutions to get um, space to discuss things. Um, and I don't think that that's not neither a bad thing or a good thing Uh, Per se, to have institutions um, govern how you make work. But I think that that's a very sort of innately like Nairobi esque or like Nairobi thing. And a lot of artists that uh, get notoriety from Africa are a lot of people who discuss uh, contemporary issues. And I think that um, it is very important. And I think that it is. it's important for artists to uh, put out their opinion to, uh, but some artists, I guess, I, you know, some artists have bad opinions. (laughs) I think like um, there, there does need to be some, some kind of like check and balance checks and balances on what uh, sometimes what artists put out there. I'm just thinking back to some artists that I know from Kenya that I wildly disagree with. Um, but with regards to sort of, for me, my a lot of my issues are to do with um, migration and immigration and discussing it through a very neutral, I discuss things, a lot of my work is is very sort of, neutral i mean yes it is very political but the, the the visual affect of it is neutral i'm just telling them i'm just requesting the viewer to think about these materials so i think um with my most recent project that deals with cobalt oxide and cobalt mining for uh phone batteries for cell phone batteries, lithium ion batteries, where cobalt is one of the active ingredients that they have to mine out of the Congo and different parts of the world. And usually through very um, sort of terrible mining practices. And usually, uh, you know, these things kind of cause uh, wars and disputes over land and this idea about sort of ownership. And then also this idea about how, how we look at you know the extraction of material for Africa from Africa for the benefit of more developed more developed countries or um, like Western countries more specifically. You know, like there are very few countries now that you know even Nairobi you know can't really survive without the cell phone, mm-hmm. the mobile phone. So um, it's interesting to sort of note that um, for the progression of other. You know, uh, communities and societies that this other community is going to um, suffer, which is just like a perpetuation, uh, you know, of sort of colonial practices that happened in Africa when they were mining for gold and for copper and for silver. So it's just like the same thing all over again. Um, so, but instead of just being sort of like very blatantly, like, this is bad, this is something that, you know, is terrible, which it is, you know, but like the work itself sort of speaks to this, um, consideration of like how, how I'm not particularly interested in sort of exposing, you know, the viewer to, um, uh, I mean, I am discussing these very terrible things that are happening, but I'm not really exposing it to them in a way that is sort of like, you know, blatant and in their face. It's more sort of uh from this point of view of looking at uh the strata of like the rock and discussing history and to talk about sort of I don't know if you know the Hungarian dialectic or like to to discuss kind of like mm. the repetition of history and like how the rock and how like the cross sections of rock can really sort of like tell us a lot about history. And, uh, and yeah, so like, that is very much to do with, uh, addressing social issues, but from a point of, from, from the point that we're starting to look at the materials and starting to look at the landscapes and starting to look at, um, you know, what are these, what, what are the roles and what, what is, what is the purpose, um, of all of this activity, Um, and what are the materials like you know putting the material in someone's face is very different um, than just showing them pictures or images
1: yeah absolutely and I think as well you spoke about the neutrality of your work Mm. and I think that's really important uh, because sometimes um, from art that I've seen as well it can cross a line of influencing people's Mm -hmm. opinions whereas what you do is really about um, at least to me bringing awareness and just essentially being a voice for these communities that are voiceless and Mm -hmm. that is a really great part of your work and uh yeah the, the neutrality is a really important aspect in my opinion
0: I think of the work as sort of um sort of like markers in history so I think that to discuss contemporary life like to discuss you know, what it means to be um, a person functioning in this world, we often forget what the ramifications are. So what what does it mean to be somebody who lives in New York that has a mobile phone um, that goes around, that that operates primarily through this device? Um, You know, like, what does that uh, mean globally through the supply chain? Um, But also just, you know, with regards to my work, uh, paperwork with... um, Migration and immigration, access to landscapes. Just like, what? How have we reached this point in history, or like, what has the, what has happened in history for us to reach this level of paperwork, of validation and uh, authenticity, and this idea of trust and mistrust, um, mm-hmm. and this idea of filtration and uh, screening of people? So this is just generally what's happening now. Um, and I think that that's just how I think about the making of it. Like these are, this is just a critical thought on these materials. Um, and you know, when people, whether they decide to look at my work in the future or not, you know, of what was discussed, um, I just think that these are two issues that, you know, these are issues that need to be sort of have like some kind of like bookmark or somebody needs to sort of say something about it. I don't think of myself as somebody that's particularly altruistic that I am doing this for the betterment of other people. I think I've I think of it that I'm just, I'm, I'm firstly doing it for myself. Um, I think that's very important to note. If you're an artist that you should be doing work, you know, that feeds yourself, that feeds your soul, that feeds, um, something, um, and different artists have different approaches. Some artists generally do believe that the work that they're making is benefiting others. Um I don't know whether what I'm doing yes it might give a voice might give some you know uh some kind of um information about it to people who don't really aren't really privy to this kind of information but yeah I don't see my work as being something particularly altruistic but though I do think it is uh though I do think these issues as things that need to be pointed out um and hopefully in the future people will look back at this point and say oh this is what was happening and this artist was interested in discussing these issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just like following on from what you were talking about there, about being fulfilling yourself uh, is really important, especially for an artist. Um, I know something a lot of people struggle with when thinking about, you know, actually going through and following through with their art as a career Mm -hmm. is really balancing that economic sustainability and fulfillment Along with emotional and psychological fulfillment, there seems to be a bit of a gap between that right uh, so like how have you dealt with that um, and yeah, what's your opinions around it
0: well okay, so like I think like a gr- a great way for uh, for you to understand kind of like fulfillment, especially for an artist um, you know like to be able to say something or like truly express. Um, something the way you want it to is, um, I feel like fulfilling for anyone or like for for you to be ex- for your work to be accepted. It's sort of, you know, when you um express an opinion and somebody agrees with you, I guess. Um, yeah. kind of like a similar way of doing it, but these sort of opinions sort of manifest in in actual objects or in um uh, some kind of artistic form and i think that 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 like if that's some, something as a person that you crave um to do or a a, commu- a a style of communication that you crave to have i think it is very fulfilling um and it's great to sort of it's fulfilling to actually watch people sort of uh, encounter your work and um resonate with it um yeah. and i think that's amazing with regards to sort of like the economics of it and sort of the the making money from art, I think there is, there is a lot to the art world that, you know, you aren't, um, sort of told about, I guess in high school or even sometimes in university, um, as an artist, you can work as another artist assistant. Um, you can work as, uh, so I did my, um, my master's in, uh, photography. So I very often, Um, just photograph if I need uh, money or I'm a photo assistant to a fine art photographer whenever I need, when I need money. I think like now I'm a little bit more um, invested in selling. I mean, I do sell my work and that has been sort of a uh, saving grace for me. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, when you start selling your work, it's kind of like being paid to tell people your opinion. And that's very fulfilling. Um, So it's hard to sort of, um, it's hard to sort of, you know, get into the world of the art world. It is very purposefully opaque. It is very deliberately difficult, um, basically uh, to preserve ideas of culture, ideas of who is allowed to exhibit, who is not allowed to exhibit whose work is you know and this is these are things that are very political um and that's something that you need to be aware of when you make when you make art it's like sometimes the institutions aren't really interested in your opinion because maybe you come from a different background or maybe the opinion you're expressing doesn't express the opinions of the people that fund the institutions Mm -hmm. you know so these are things to be cognizant and aware of. Um, but yeah, but as, as long as there's an issue, if there's an institution that will deny you, there's most likely going to be an institution that will accept you, you know? Um, so, and it's also how people, you know, art is a very powerful way of recording history. I mean, a lot of, I guess, you know, if you look back at, um You know, looking at, you know, when people, when when you look, when you look through the history books and you talk about history and you talk about what was going on in certain periods and um, most history books have artwork in it, you know, Um, especially if it's like ancient history, Um, you know, uh, and the, there's power in sort of uh, the, not the government, but um, the people who claim to be in power owning that. I mean, this is very tangential from what we're <laughs> discussing, I just think.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, like, you know, everything that you're saying here um, definitely has a, a very valid point. And uh, I know you, you spoke about, and I can hear it from what you were talking about it right now as well, is that the life of an artist is never really a clear path. So what do you think are the biggest obstacles facing youth who want to pursue art and I guess particularly youth from minority backgrounds as well.
0: I think the the main thing is, I think that a lot of people who want to have an art career or have thought about having a career as an artist, uh, maybe in high school, and I think they should do this from a younger age in high school, is to sort of um, understand, is to sort of teach people, teach teach them, you know, instead of just only teaching art, but to also teach Like, what is a career path for an artist? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that actually look like? Where, What are the institutions that support artists? Where, um, wait, you're in uh, Melbourne, correct? I'm in Canberra, actually, yeah. Oh, Canberra, yeah, sorry.
1: That's right. (laughs)
0: Um, So there must be art institutions there that have residency programs, that have uh, programs that support the arts, that have... uh, you know fellowships and grants and uh, things for um, minority, uh, for the minorities, but also just for artists in general. That doesn't. Have, I'm very yeah. sure that that exists, um, even yeah, in sure. Sydney or in Melbourne or anywhere. I feel um, you know across the world, there are always going to be opportunities, um, especially in capital, ma- major cities, for artists. And I think that this is something that you know, needs to be taught in school. Like, what does it mean to be an... So, so you you do your BFA, and then what does that mean? You get your MFA, and then you have to go for a residency program, and this, and this is how galleries work, and this is how institutions work. This is what it means to be as part of a museum show. This is, you know, like, all of these aspects aren't really taught as um, in in uh, in high school. You're just sort of taught art as a practice, um, and not art as, um, a business or like what it, what it looks like as a business on both the nonprofit side and on the for-profit side, you know, what is the difference, you know, like they don't, not many people know the difference between a for-profit gallery and a non-for-profit gallery, you know, and like what kind of work does a for-profit gallery likely to show versus the work that a nonprofit gallery is likely to show, um. And this is just, uh this is how it is. Like, I think that those things really do need to be taught in art schools, you know. And also just so, sort of like, you know, what schools you should actually be thinking of going to, if you want to be a, what kind of artist do you want to be and what school would make sense for you? Or do you want to be a sculptor? Would you like to go to Yale School of Art for sculpture? You know, would you like to go to, you know, the CCA? I don't know any art schools in, I'm not like very uh knowledgeable about the art schools in australia but um you know there are uh certain art schools that have like a pedigree um mm. associated with it so that's also something that you need to be cognizant of you know like if you manage to get into yale for your bfa and you do your master's in yale then your track record or your track as an artist is very um it's very much set. You'll probably, you know, live in New York, do a residency here, get a studio, start with a gallery, and start selling work pretty quickly. Um, yeah. You know, like maybe two or three years after your residency, uh, after your uh, masters, you'll probably be, um, you know, completely self-sufficient artist. But yeah, I this is not like i I feel personally that that is just very um, dumb. Uh, I think that 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 sort of, like, institution or this idea of, like, how they want to preserve institutions is, like, really irritating. Mm. Um, I, like, I went to the School of Visual Arts and I believe in my own practice as an artist. And uh, I think that sometimes sort of, like, these uh, CV... These sort of like, you know, Yale and all of these like big names on on your CV is very, very helpful. But it's also just a perpetuation of sort of like this patriarchy or this sort of like, you know, um, this sort of uh, institution way of thinking. If you look at all the artists that have had retrospectives at the MoMA, you know, within the past 10 years, most of them are all from the same university, which I think is absurd. But that's just something to be cognizant about, you know, like this is, you know, there is a, there is a career path that has this sort of like semi, um, guarantee for success and, you know, that does exist. And I think that if you are really interested in being an artist, you should spend time looking at artists' websites, read their CV, see how they got there, see what kind of shows they're doing. Um, Yeah
1: yeah and definitely, and i one thing i really I'm really interested in is um alternative pathways and opportunities for people to um achieve success so like I really think it's important for young people growing up to know that there's so many different avenues for you to achieve something uh and it's not just that you know one thing that school or the people around you were telling you there's a lot of stuff that people are probably not even aware of and so what I did want to ask you to was Um, Would artists like yourself be willing to, I guess, doesn't have to be really mentoring, but even take on uh, young, passionate, aspiring artists on as as help with you guys?
0: Yeah, um, I think that, uh, you know, what would be what what would be great? I have you get a lot of I get a lot of requests from people who want to be apprentices or like assistants or interns. Um, but that's usually at the master's level or at the um, bachelor's level. you get a lot of a lot of people wanting to sort of to do that because then they're starting to learn about it. Mm. Um, I think that yes, high school students should probably should you know go out um, go out and find an artist that you really like um and ask if you can um mentor uh if they can mentor you or you know meet them or you know um and then you have a better idea of like the life of an artist definitely i think that's a great idea
1: yeah definitely and i think um you know being able to learn from an artist like yourself as a high school student would be a, an absolutely incredible opportunity um and yeah i just want listeners to know that um you know reaching out to people who seem a lot further than where you are is, you know, very much an option.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, like, you know, you never really know what's going to happen next. I mean, it's really fun being an artist because you never know, like, you know, what the next step really is. There's, I mean, there's this sort of idea of, like, uh, there's a comfort in security, but there's a lot of, like, com- like, excitement and insecurity in a way. But, like, you know, just, like, sustainable... <laughs> not sustainable insecurity, but like somehow like have a sustainable life, but like also like be ready for, um, I've just actually done a quick Google search here, um, on, on Canberra art artists in residency programs. There's one called Strathamaren, name, Oh God, I can't pronounce that. I'm
1: sure we'd be able to find it. <laughs>
0: um, and they actually have an artist in residency program there, so I think that you you know if you are in Canberra and are interested in visiting artists, um, they have a whole artist in residency studio program.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, Strathnan.
0: Yeah, Strath Strath Stra- Strathnan. Strathnan. Yeah. <laughs> Strathnan.
1: Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, have you been there? Um, I don't think so. I'll I'll definitely link these in to our show notes and try and find different places around Australia um, mm-hmm. that have these sort of programs. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great to hear about the the different things that, you know, we can be doing to try and find our path as, a, as an artist.
0: Right. No, it's for sure. And it just takes a little bit of research, you know. Definitely. And if they're, I feel like looking at artist CVs just tells you a lot about tells you a lot, basically. It tells you a lot about, you know, what kind of path you need to take or, you know. And I think that's what really has helped me is sort of like, you know, building and developing. Um, And there are always going to be other artists um, that you're going to be friends with that you will have support from.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And one last thing that I want to touch on as well that I think is a very important thing that we spoke about before, is the importance of seeking out critique, critical feedback, and, and growing from your mistakes and your failures and, and learning from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how is that sort of applied to your experience?
0: Learning from failures. Yeah. Um yeah. I think um, I think that you sort of learn a lot about um, I mean, as an artist, you probably fail a lot. I mean, there's a whole period of time where you research and develop work before you even um before you even uh, begin a series. But you know you have to i think if you fail at making art and then you just try again, you're just gonna get better at it um and as you start sort of like you know learning how to like navigate and make and research and create and you know um you're always gonna no matter how high you climb, you're always gonna like fail at some point as well. And it's important to learn from that. Yeah. And it's you'll only get better from it. And you shouldn't be afraid of failing. Definitely.
1: Yeah. It's really important to to realize that um you're gonna come across these things and just be prepared to um take the best out of it definitely
0: I also like just sort of I think define what failure is to yourself you know like is you need to know what failure what what does failure mean as an artist like does do you mean failure as in like oh I made this uh you know collection of work and nobody understands it or nobody cares to understand it um is that a failure uh or i made all this work and nobody bought it is that a failure like you need to know what is what's fit fa- you know you could be failing you could make a series of work and fail at it but the whole thing sells you know yeah. and that definitely happens and you know there are there there is work that i've made that sells that i think uh to myself as just like that's not really like the you know the best work that I've made, or the most informed thing that you know you should be spending your money on, but you know these things happen. people have different tastes um, yeah. I think that yeah, just being aware of how you define failure is important,
1: yeah, absolutely, and um I'm just aware that you know we're we're coming to a close here, mhm, so Tahoe, in terms of th- for the listeners um who want to keep up with your work or um follow you online it, what's the best ways to do that
0: i think my instagram account is relatively active <laughs> yep um okay. it's very silly uh but it's uh my instagram account is t-a-c-a-k-a um takaka and that's on instagram um that's the best way to do it i guess
1: yeah cool
0: I'll, um, I also have a website, and I think you have the link to that website. Definitely, I'll
1: put that in the show notes if, mm-hmm. ever, if anyone's interested.
0: Um, do you have? Do they have IB in your school? They do, right?
1: We do, yeah. We do have it in, at a few schools,
0: right? Um, I think, like the I like I did IB higher art, which is really great. And the great thing is, if you are really interested in having an art career and you do IB higher. Um, it kind of like covers sort of the first year of, um, of university, of high school, of, of, of your BFA program, which is great. So you're able to sort of, um, skip that year and only do your BFA in three years. Yeah. Um, or I'm not too sure how they. that's how it used to be for me, at least. Um, so you were allowed to skip a foundation year or you're, allowed, depending on how well you did on your, Uh, IB uh, when you did IB you could also skip your first year of BFA so you only have to be in university for three years which is cheaper um, which is something to be cognizant about Um, yeah for sure yeah yeah no I really want
1: to thank you for coming on and talking to us about uh, your experience and you know how you got to where you are and issues that uh, I know a lot of young people face and walking through them, through your experience, which was, uh, yeah, really great and really appreciate it. Yeah, I guess unless you had anything else to to add as um, some closing remarks, um, yeah, we can definitely leave it at that.
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, I think closing remarks, visit museums, visit galleries if you're interested in art and uh, don't be afraid to ask the people in the galleries questions because that's what they're there for.
1: Definitely awesome. Thanks so much, Tahu. Hey.
0: Thank you so much, Akil.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening in and engaging to this conversation. I've just got two quick things I want to say. First of all, it would mean so much if you guys could leave a review and rating for this podcast. It means that more people can engage with these discussions and listen in and it will reach a wider audience in general. And secondly, A huge thank you has to go out to local Canberra vocalist, producer, and visual artist Slack for putting together the music you guys hear in the background. If you like what you do here, please give her a follow on SoundCloud at Slack underscore Oz or Facebook at Slack Australia. Thank you.